Welcome back, bitches. This is Girl Wide Podcast. I'm Terry. And I'm Vanessa. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great week. It is two days after the election when this episode is being released. Um, first of all, I'm giving a disclaimer right off the bat. If my sound quality is not what it normally is, I apologize. But we are recording on Tuesday, which is election night, and I am currently in my living room in Fort Lauderdale with the television on, and I am watching the states close and getting all the numbers. So sorry, but I got to watch this. Like I need to know what is going on, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Because no matter which way this turns out, these people are about to go crazy. So I just want to know which, which crazy I'm going to be dealing with, you know? <laughs> how much toilet paper to buy, how many paper towels, exactly. stock up like a Costco, toothpaste, exactly. you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how are you? Fantastic. I am up in Jacksonville at my dad's house with my baby Luna. Which is so funny because I am down here in Fort Lauderdale, so it's just coincidental that I'm here, you're up north by me, and we just miss each other. That's, I guess that's life, right? Just life. But I'll see you on my way back down. Don't worry. You better, Beach. Uh, real quick, before we get into uh, this week's episode, which I'm actually really excited, I just wanted to give a quick reminder to everybody, or not really a reminder, I just want to let everybody know that we have been working on a holiday version of our Girl Wide merch. It is now available, and we're going to be adding new stuff throughout the holiday season. Uh, so definitely make sure you're checking us out. Obviously, like we've always said before, make sure you're going to our website for everything Girl Wide Podcast, and our website is exactly that, girlwidepodcast.com. Um, everything that we do goes on the website, whether it's Instagram posts, whether it's our blog, and obviously our merch. So make sure you're checking us out there. For those of you that do decide that you want to get some holiday merch, DM us your pictures. We want to post them on the website. We want to share them with everybody. Uh, so again, girlwhitepodcast.com. And on IG, it's girl underscore Y underscore podcast. And Facebook and Twitter at girlwhitepodcast. So I just wanted to get that out there because sometimes I forget towards the end. So I don't have to worry about it anymore. Get your merch, guys. Get your holiday merch. Get your merch on. Yes. Oh, last thing. We are going to be putting out some promo codes. So definitely follow us on social media to get those promo codes to get discounts. We all love discounts. It's a holiday season. So definitely check us out on all of those platforms. Moving along. <laughs> that was like a full breath. What are we talking about this week, Beach? Okay. So this week we are talking cults and communes, baby. Oh, and shit. all the celebrities that were involved in one that you might have never known about. Okay. I know some celebs that have been in cults or rumored to be in cults because I don't, I doubt anybody's ever truly admitted it. But yes, I'm excited about this. What do we got? Tell me. Okay. We have a lot. Okay. Bits and pieces. Some are like now deceased. So obviously they can't be verified, but it's what is rumored to have happened. Okay. Such as this first one. So we're going to start with the Church of Satan. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's kind of fitting. Halloween was just this past Saturday, so I'm down. Yeah, Day of the Dead just happened. We're still, like, in the creepy vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally down. So despite the name Church of Satan, they actually are said to not believe in the devil. Okay. Very very confusing. You'd the church does not a different name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like any other it's, name. Church of like blue would have been better. <laughs> they have been described as skeptical atheists. 
But okay. the creator, Anton LaVey, is said that he created the name Church of Satan because he wanted to draw attention to the group. You know, I could get that, you know, like where you do things sometimes to purposely call attention to things where like it doesn't even really go with the brand. But this one was probably not the best choice. Just saying. Yeah. So, you know, like he was, it was founded in 1966, obviously mm-hmm. Anton LaVey. So that was back in a time where there was a lot of fear about, right. you know, especially down in the Bible belt, even the rust belt, like everybody was freaking out over, you know, satanic cults and sacrifices and they didn't, they didn't know what's up, what's down. So obviously it freaked them out to see someone with like devil horns on his head and like all this like black darkness, sacrifices, sacrificing right. goats like all this weird shit. So apparently Jane Mansfield has had ties to this cult, however you want to call it. And Jane Mansfield for the youngins like us is Mariska Haggerty's mother. Okay. And Mariska Haggerty is on all of the Law and Order seasons. If you watch Law and Order SVU. Yes, ma'am. That is my show. (laughs) Well, that's actually my Saturday show, but yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, I've seen every episode. Whether I actually watch it or not, I listen to it because I know what's going on when I sweep for the floors. Same. But. <laughs> same, literally same. Mariska is very successful and beautiful. And her mom, Jane Mansfield, Mansfield, was a Playboy Playmate. Okay. And she was in a lot of. Yeah, she was one of the, like, one of the originals way back in the day, and she was a beautiful actress, like, in a lot of the up-and-coming movies that were in the 60s. But in the 1970s, the style kind of changed from the pinup look, you know, with the big hair, Marilyn Monroe, into more of the hippie, like, long hair, natural, you know. Hairy armpits. Yeah, do acid in a field and free love type of thing. So she wasn't getting as many acting jobs as she was in the 60s. Did she not have a bushy vagina? Just kidding. (laughs) It just wasn't bushy enough. Mm -mm. Got it. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. It wasn't bushy enough. There wasn't enough armpit hair, I'm assuming. So she joined the Church of Satan and partnered up with Anton LaVey, it said, to revitalize her acting career. Okay. So they would film satanic rituals together, which were a huge topic of interest after Mansfield especially died in a horrific car accident in 1967. So prior to her death, you know, she's filming all of these satanic scenes, rituals, like the sacrificing, her drinking blood, all the stuff to make the people back then go apeshit. And... And then she ended up dying in, in a car crash. They actually hit the back of a semi. Mariska Haggerty was in the back of the car at the time that it happened. And she died instantly on the scene and both all of her children lived. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So people were saying, was she actually Satan's mistress? And that was like mm. a big headline back in the day. One of the that might be today. Shit. Yeah. One of the headlines I found was, was sex goddess Mansfield actually Satan's slave? <laughs> so it's very scandalous back then i thought that was a pretty interesting one i like that one all right so tell me what next. else you got beach children of god so this the children sad. of god wait before you go this one already gives me like 
as crime junkie would say, full body chills. It doesn't sound good already. It should. It's pretty creepy. I can already tell <laughs> just by the name. The Children of God was a radical evangelical group who preached salvation in a general distrust of non-group members in worldly possessions referred to as the system. The group believed that Jesus Christ would return in 1993 and set out to establish as many followers as possible. The group gained notoriety from a method called flirty fishing, which required their female members to have sex with men in order to initiate them into the cult. Every aspect of their lives was controlled, including how many sheets of toilet paper they were allowed to use, what to wear, and so on and so on. How many toilet paper sheets? Like, Yeah. Because they're on like... <laughs> whose job was it to make sure that you use, let's say, seven and not eight? <laughs> I'm dead. I, maybe they hand it to you when you go in there. Like, okay, here's your two sheets for today. That's true. That makes more sense. Okay. I mean, they would have done really well during this pandemic with this toilet paper shortage, but okay. So the, the, that kind of cult, like the atmosphere was all about control. They wanted to control their members, but it was mainly all about sex. The owner or the founder, not owner, David Berg established the group cult, religious commune, whatever you want to call it in 1968. And it ended up becoming more so about sex than anything else. And there's a Netflix documentary that I tortured myself and actually watched. It's what's called, called? Children, <laughs> Children of God on Netflix. Oh. It came out in, I believe, 1994. But, like, it is so creepy. Like, my skin was, like, crawling after I watched it. It's one of those where you feel dirty after you look. Because it's, like, adults, like, having sex in a field. And then people will get on stage like women and like take their tops off, like in front of little kids. Like it was like a strip show because they're all about their body and love and expression. So they're making it okay. Yeah. But flirty fishing is literally these women going out and picking up men through sex to join this cult. So it's pretty sick stuff. So, who has been involved in this cult, you ask? <laughs> who the hell knows? Rose McGowan and Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. So, Rose McGowan is now 47 years old. She was in Charmed. Oh, very popular show. Yeah. She spent her early childhood growing up in the Italian countryside with parents who were members. So from a young age, she has said that she rebelled against the cult's practices. According to Back to Yours podcast, Rose McGowan stated, quote, the commune I grew up in, a thing called Children of God, I was definitely a thorn in their side. We left because they started advocating child adult sex, and that was too far for my father, so we eventually made our escape. Thank God. So sad because that does happen so often where, like, you know, people get so warped into these cults where they make things that are not okay, okay in their mind, like having sex with children. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. And then they get younger and younger and younger, and it becomes completely perverted, like FDLS, like Warren Jeffs type stuff. Yeah. And then people make excuses for it. I was just saying, somehow they still justify that, hey, it's because of, you know, XYZ that makes it okay. And it's like, nothing makes it okay. But Mm -hmm. okay. So another one, Joaquin Phoenix, he's actually in a lot of things I've seen. He was in the most recent film, The Joker. 
Okay. He was also, he was also in what walk the line where he played Johnny cash. Okay. So he was also involved in the cult when he was a young child and his family was tasked with spreading the word of the cult throughout Trinidad and Venezuela. So similar okay. to McGowan, Phoenix's parents became aware of the sexual abuse of children that they were becoming subjected to and they left the occult as soon as they could. Well, thank God. Thank God. Get your ass out of there. It's so sad. Yeah. And obviously, with which we're going to talk about later with everything coming out about Nexium, like Nexium's nothing new. This stuff has been happening throughout the decades. So even actors and actresses that are now older and becoming their 40s, 50s, 60s, like they were subjected to it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they seem and to not keep even, popping up. And we, it's easy to talk about actors and actresses, but it's, it's so many just people that you would just never think that have been subjected to lifestyles like this. And it's sad, you know? And thank God for those that are lucky enough to get out. Yep. So this cult is a little bit different. Actually, it's the polar opposite of the children of God. Okay. So moral rearmament, which was a spiritual religious movement that was basically anything that has to do with sex is bad. So masturbation is bad. Everything's a sin. So this is is the complete opposite, but to the... Uh, extreme thank you to the extreme okay got it which is also can be just as damaging as well right so they believe that all sex practices like masturbation were sinful and that they required purification so whatever purification meant in this cult it's up to your imagination to know i don't even want to imagine what that i don't either because (laughs) we've what things i've read in the past just not specifically about this, but just in general, it can be, it, it can be really bad. Oh yeah. So yeah. Glenn Close, she is an actress. She was in 101 Dalmatians and she was also in Fatal Attraction. Love was both it? movies. Was it Fatal Attraction? Yes, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> Oops. So her father moved their family to Switzerland in 1954, where they lived in a hotel that was called the Mountain House. And the Mountain House was an international headquarters of the religious movement, Moral Rearmament. Their followers were moral absolutists who believed that sexual practices, like said before, that masturbation was sinful and required purification. At its height, its membership was around 30,000 worldwide. Wow. So in an Which inter- is really small, but really big at the same time. Yeah, like too many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like in the grand scheme of the world, yes, it's, it's minuscule, but it's still a lot of lives. So in an interview, Close said, you basically weren't allowed to do anything or you were made to feel guilty about any unnatural desire. If you talk to anyone who is in the group that basically dictates how you're supposed to live and what you're supposed to say and how you're supposed to feel from the time that you're seven until the time that you're 22. It has a profound impact on you. It's something that you would have to consciously overcome because all of your trigger points that you would naturally feel are considered to be wrong. Yep. That's why I said earlier, this, although it's com- the complete opposite, but who knows if it really is because who knows what purification, you know, and everybody, it could be yeah. many different ways. Uh, but it can also be just as damaging because then as an adult, what you think is so wrong may not be so, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's messed up. Right. So she eventually escaped the cold at 22, but is said to have taken 
many, many, many years, which is expected to fully escape their influence. I can only imagine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably still with her to this day. Yeah. I'm sure there, I'm sure she's overcome a lot, but I'm sure there's probably daily struggles, you know? So similar to this cult, there's another one called Pentecostal Greater Apocalyptic Faith. Singer rapper Angel Hayes grew up in a similar environment in regards to the structure and rules of that cult-like environment. So her mother had met a man after her father passed away that was a self-described prophet of the Pentecostal Greater Apostolic Faith. <laughs> he was. He was we never very, said that we were the smartest podcasters in the world. So yeah, we're good. I, I, I never said that I would be able to pronounce these crazy fucking names like appropriately. I'm not judging you. Correctly. So hey. He was also married with children, but he convinced Hayes's mother to move in with him. Hayes describes her time at the Pentecostal Greater Apostol Apostolic Faith as relentlessly oppressive. She said in an interview that we. We all lived in the same community within 10 minutes of each other. You weren't allowed to talk to anyone outside of that. You weren't allowed to wear jewelry, listen to music. You weren't allowed to eat certain things, date anyone. You really weren't allowed to do anything. Church was on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. When they Sundays, did, Wednesday. wow. Yeah. When they did revivals, it was every day. I used mm. to just crawl under a bench and try to sleep. <laughs> Hayes also said that the prophet encouraged members to impregnate underage girls. Her 2012 mixtape, Cleaning Out My Closet, she actually describes experiences of being sexually assaulted at age seven. Wow. Her That's mother sad. frequently attempted to escape the church until finally leaving for good when Hayes was 14. Mm. So. That's just sad. Yes. So all the articles are like, it's crazy that she even was able to make a successful singing and rapping career yeah. knowing that they weren't allowed to watch, do anything or talk to anyone. But yeah, she, the talent, I guess, came from within. And she overcame. Yeah. So now we're getting into the communes. This okay. one. Okay. So this one I can laugh about because it didn't surprise me at all. Winona Ryder. I was going to say the same thing. I'm looking at the outline and that one does not surprise me, but go on. She just looks like your ab, like your hippie dippy, like I wipe my ass with leaves type of actress. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So Winona was in a commune cult, whatever, called the Rainbow Family. It was so predictable. Yeah, it's said to have not have like an exact creator, but it does because everything has to start somewhere. So apparently it was created by Barry Plunker and Garrick Beck. So according to an article I found, Ryder's family lived with seven others on a commune without electricity, television, or music. Her mother secretly showed her and her siblings movies on a screen in a barn. She knew that she, Winona knew then that she wanted to be an actor. The family only stayed with the commune for about three years before they moved to California, according to Film Daily Company. The group is reportedly smaller, but still exists to this day. So I heard that they wanted to kind of create like a utopian society where everything is peace, love, like no rules, whatever. But then people started doing a bunch of drugs and killing each other. Dead. So a couple people were murdered and 
you know, I think it all went to hell from there. So they tried it, didn't work. And now we have Winona Ryder. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. As I try to swallow my vodka, I'm dead. <laughs> so, in addition to that commune. <laughs> You're killing me. We also have the Skymont Subud. I don't know if it's subud, it's S-U-B-U-D commune. And I actually tried to look up how that's pronounced. I couldn't find it. I don't know. Okay. So these are the Arquette siblings. David Arquette, who is basically in every Scream movie that has existed, all like 800 of them. Yeah. His sister, Patricia Arquette, who starred in Nightmare on Elm Street, amongst many other films. So they grew up in Virginia, and they were a part of the Skymont commune which was an international cult that began in Indonesia in the 1920s. So these siblings' parents were actually the ones to start the commune located in Virginia with hopes of building, like in Winona's case, a utopian society. Yay. However, it was also overtaken by drugs and violence. So apparently that doesn't work. People need rules or you're just going to get high all day and like slap the shit out of somebody and be like, give me my drugs. And Basically. And going to die. <laughs> everybody needs rules and regulations, honey. Everybody. I don't care how old you are. Everybody needs rules and regulations. Okay. Or you get butt wild out here. Yeah. They're going to get butt wild. They're all naked with their titties out, slapping each other. Like that's my marijuana. I'm and then dead. It's just I'm marijuana. I'm dead. <laughs> So the the Marquette, obviously, David Arquette and sister Patricia, remember commune life fondly. Their home life was much more volatile. The Arquette Arquette siblings described their parents as drug addicts and very abusive. Quote, there was a lot of drama in the house, Patricia told ABC News. There were a lot of chairs flying around. Yikes. A lot of hole punching in the walls, she adds. My mom once stabbed me in the arm with a knife. I had concussions, terrible physical abuse. The commune eventually fell apart due to lack of funding and the Arquettes, Arquettes became, began a more conventional lifestyle. Well, thank God, because that sounds like a damn mess. <laughs> That's ugly. When you're, okay, you, I, I stopped listening at the mom's uh, stabbed her. her. Yeah, I, I literally blocked everything else you said because I was stuck on that, like, that's bad enough, okay? That's bad enough right there when your mama's stabbing you. Yes. So this one I actually can pronounce. It was on... <laughs> this one I can pronounce. I'm dead. <laughs> okay, so this cult is called, or belief, whatever, breatharianism. Oh, God. Yes. I can so just imagine. Breatharianism is the belief that you can live without food or water. Oh, hell no. And that you can... Wait, wait. This can't even exist anymore. They all had to have died. Most of them did. I figure. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, go on. So this is some new age, like, I don't know, something I can see Madonna being into, but she's not. <laughs> well, thank God. We need Madonna, y'all. Breath, breath Arianism is the claimed ability for a person to live without consuming food and in some cases water. It is considered a deadly pseudoscience by scientists and medical professionals and several adherents of these practices have died from starvation or dehydration. 
Breatharianism has been linked to the deaths of several people, including Verity Lynn, who was a 49-year-old Australian whose emaciated body was found on a mountain in Northwest Scotland in 1999. Alongside a diary recounting her 21-day fast and a copy of a book by the founder of Breatharianism. So, which celebrity was a part of this cult? First of all, like why? <laughs> like why? They just don't think food's a necessity. I guess they they eat sunlight and air and oh. and outside. <laughs> so this one is kind of like Winona Ryder. I wasn't surprised at all. Michelle Pfeiffer. No, not surprised. Not at all. Another, she's another weird, quirky one, so I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, and she, that movie, I can't even think of it, from Under Beneath or Beneath the Something. Um, I know exactly what movie you're, you're talking about. Uh, is it Beneath at all? Uh, we're going to totally fuck this up. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, she was Beneath Something with Michelle Pfeiffer. It'll pop right up. She's Beneath because she's in a bathroom. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. I know exactly what movie. I can literally picture the cover of the VHS or DVR then or whatever, but yeah, but, but I, I just think of it. I just remember her face looking like a skeleton, and I'm pretty sure that had to have been around the time that she was in this. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, yeah. She was Skeletor for sure. And then when she met her husband, I'm not sure if they're still together or not, he was kind of like, yeah, this sounds pretty culty, because she lived with a couple who practiced it, and they were just, like, very controlling. Like, you have to eat this many calories you have to do this. And she said it was also financially draining. I don't know what they're spending money for. Um, I guess. Not to cut you off, but because I had to do a quick Google search while you were doing all your jabbing. It's What Lies Beneath. And it was, yes. uh, it came out in uh, the year 2000. So yes. Yeah. I could literally, like, I'm looking at, I'm do, I did a Google search, obviously. And I could, the exact cover was right there in my head um, with Harrison Ford, who I love. So yes, go on. I just had to throw that out. Beneath. Yes. Throw that out yes. there real quick. So apparently, like most cults or organizations that are full of bullshit, they drain your pockets. So apparently they were very expensive, which I don't know what they would be spending their money on because it ain't food. I'm dead. I'm or dead. water. I'm dead. And sunlight is free. I think that's one of the only things on this earth that's fucking free. Fair. Kind yeah. Of. Well, that's all. That's all they need. But you know what? They probably so- tax us some way somehow. We just don't even know it. Just saying. I guess so. Mm, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I surprised though. Your mind with some of these. The inspo for this episode was about Nexium's leader Keith Rainier being sentenced to his 120 years in prison. Correct. So, yes, Keith Raniere, as you just said, he was recently sentenced to 120 years in prison. I did some, this was my part of the outline where I had to do some research. And I was, there was some things I already knew, obviously, from the news and some things I was surprised at. So I just want to kind of give some facts on it. So his cult was promised to be a path of happiness, seducing wealthy people who felt that they lacked a higher purpose in life. His company, Nexium, was a self-improvement workshop that became very popular amongst the Hollywood and the very successful business circle. But beneath it, Mr. Mr. Renary was a puppet master controlling a cult-like criminal enterprise. 
So he's 60 years old, girl, and he just got 120 years for the sex tra- trafficking and other crimes. First of all, obviously, that basically means he's got a life sentence, number one, which, thank God, because he's disgusting. Um, I watched on the news some of the things that went on. So one of the first women that was able to speak was Miss Camilla. They didn't give her a last name. Um, and it's actually really sad. She spoke with a very trembling voice. She recalled that when she was with, with Mr. Ranieri, he started sexually abusing her when she was 15 and he was 45 years old. Um, the really fucked up part about this is that she had originally declined to even cooperate because she was under the advice of a lawyer, a lawyer provided by guess who? Mr. Ranieri. So it just shows yeah. you the control that he had even after the fact when she beginning to use her voice but couldn't even really use her voice mm-hmm. uh during their 12-year relationship she said that he expected her to be available for sex at all hours he ordered her to weigh less than 100 pounds which is <gasps> not even normal and there, and anytime she got pregnant she had to have an abortion but she did attempt suicide once which honestly once i'm surprised at because to live that life from when you're 15 it's oh, got to yeah. be so, you know, just so sad. So him, Mr. Ranieri, he was in the courtroom wearing a prison blue uniform. Um, and he maintained his innocence the entire time. He said he was deeply sorry that he, where I am um, accused by me, this is all my doing. But people were also saying, I read online a lot, that he was accepting blame, but at the same time, accusing his victims all at the same time. So it's not really like a true acceptance of blame. But his partner in crime was Miss Nancy uh, Salzman. So she co-founded the Nexium Foundation in the 1990s with him. Her, along with her daughter, Lauren, are also facing many charges. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how much time they get. But these cults still exist. Did you watch the Paris Hilton documentary? I haven't watched it yet, but before you tell me, I just also wanted to mention Allison Mack from Smallville, who is Mm. said to have trafficked a lot of these girls, obviously with her success and her money, you know, this is how you get better, roping them into that cult. And I believe she was only given probation. I read about her. She actually um, said exactly what you said, but I don't think her time has been defined yet. So you yeah. might be, are you, I'm not sure, but you're probably right. She was arrested in Brooklyn by the FBI, FBI on April 20th, 2018 on charges of sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy in relation to her role with the Nexium organization. She pleaded guilty to the charges in April 2019, but is still awaiting sentencing. Thank you. So okay, she's, I was going to say, because I did read, I was obviously doing research for this episode, and I was pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I didn't put her on the outline, but I was pretty sure she hadn't been officially sentenced yet. But not the Paris Hilton's situation wasn't exactly like this, but it's somewhat similar, where these things go on, where there's these cult-like things, or these things where there's just abuse and things that should not be happening still today which is very scary so i'm glad that we did this episode because it it does bring a light to the awareness correct and honey if you think that some of these things were old it's still happening today right so where can we find the paris hilton documentary because i still have to watch that it's on youtube i watched it the only thing i'll say about it disclaimer what is that it was sad. Like, if you're in a great mood, 
and don't want to get depressed. <laughs> like, don't. No, I'm serious. Like, it was, it was sad. Like, I felt bad for her in many parts of the documentary. I, I enjoyed it very much. It was, I think she did a great job. And I think it was well put together. But it, it was very sad. Um, just because, in my opinion, what I got from it was that even, well, it, it shows what we already know in this world. Mm-hmm. Money does not buy happiness. And even now, today, she does not seem like a very happy person. Even though she has tons of money and she's so famous. So definitely watch it. I think it's worth the watch, but it's it's a sad one. So let's turn this podcast right around. Way. Yeah, let's turn this podcast all the way around. Um, first and foremost, breaking news. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane Jane and Tom Girardi are calling it quits after 21 years of marriage, Terry. Are you shocked? Or are you just like, duh? Um, I, I'm pretty shocked. I was going to say, that, like, I didn't me. see it coming. I did not see it coming. Is he still single, though? I don't know. So Erica <laughs> um, exclusively told E! News that after much consideration, I've decided to end my marriage to Tom Girardi. This is not a step taken lightly or easily. I have great love and respect for Tom and of our years and the lives that we've built together. It is my absolute wish to proceed through this process with respect, with the privacy that both Tom and I deserve. I request others give us that privacy as well. The couple married in 1999. Um, Erica, which I don't know if this is correct, and I actually wanted to ask you, and this is why we are the podcast that we are, she married him when she was 49 years old? That sounds about right, because he is in... Well, he's he was 81. That is, what is he, 100 and no, something? Oh, no, no, no. He's got to be that 49 be now and 81 then, because I'm like, that does not make sense, so whatever. Yeah, that is, that's not correct. <laughs> Thank you, because I was reading, because actually News had that, and I was like, that does not sound right. Like, And I could have looked further into it, but I didn't care enough about the situation. So moving on, right along. So... It's sad. I'm sad to see them go. I'm hoping that we'll see a playoff in the Housewives as to exactly what happened because I have no idea. I thought they were fine last season. I just watched the last season. It was fine. Yeah, so we thought. But yes, so she married him in 1999 and she is 49 today. So doing the math, I don't like math. <laughs> I don't either, but thanks for the correction because I was reading that and I was like, well, that means he's like 100 and something years old. Like, whatever. That makes no sense. But I'm very sad to see them split. I hope that they split amicably. I hope that they... Oh, you know they have no prenup either. Yes, I did read that. And All these memes are like, I told you I was good. Yeah, that'll be the best part of this whole divorce, the no prenup part. I can't wait to watch that part. Prenup. So, again, we wish them well. We hope that they can get through this in a peaceful manner. This year has been rough enough. We don't need any more drama, but in a way, we do need that drama for the show. So, you know, happy medium. Moving mm-hmm. right along, Real Housewives of Potomac. Did you watch Beach? I sure did. Duh, you better have. So first of all, I want to ask- it for no. First of all, this no. How many I, degrees? Go. How many degrees? How many degrees does Wendy have? I'm not sure. Hold on. How, hold on. how many? How many? Oh, wait. Uh, four. Oh, wait, y'all. Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all. It is annoying. I'm sorry. And I've been saying this for weeks now since the original season premiere of season five. She is not doing herself any favors to make me like her anymore. And I were, you know, we've all noticed that like, Porter Green, like, shut up. And no offense yeah. 
ain't nobody put you on the housewives for your four degrees. Let's be honest. For real. Okay, it's obnoxious. And I can't anymore. I can't with Wendy. Like, please tell yeah. me they're getting rid of her this after this, Terry. Please, you're, you're a housewife professional. Is she going to make another season? Um, probably because she's making everybody so angry that they're talking about her, which is something like, but she's annoying. Please stop, like, be humble about your education because not everybody has an opportunity to get. Well, the fact that she called Karen out in the, in a way, but it was, to me, it didn't do her any favors when she said, I have four degrees. You have no degrees. And Karen said, yeah, no. Yeah, but I got common sense. And Uh, I'm the OG uh, of this show. What's your point? To, to beep, beep, Karen. I'm with Karen. I'm always with Karen. Me too lately, but like, so yes, if for those of you who live under a rock, and even if you live under a rock, I have a feeling you know that Wendy has four degrees. (laughs) She works at John Hopkins. She is on MSNBC. Um, We know she knows it all. She's got a huge platform and and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Four degrees, four degrees, four degrees, degrees, four degrees. That's all you need to know is she got four degrees. But that was a huge part of the episode and has been the entire season. Uh, second, I could see Giselle's ass coming a mile away when we got to a little tea shop with her nappy slippers, mm-hmm. talking about she's so worried about care. Excuse me, Giselle. No, f- okay. We've talked about this before. I love Giselle because she does bring the drama always. So that's why I think she gets kept around on the Housewives because, on, you know, Potomac Housewives because she's all, she, always is ready to spill the tea spread the gossip let you know what wendy said or ash you know whatever so i as soon as uh miss giselle said we got this tea got robin here and um i'm worried about karen's girl bye i saw you coming a mile away did you not oh yeah and She's always ready to be up in somebody else's business, but when it comes to her and her fucking She ain't marriage, got nothing to say. Oh, no. I don't even know how many baby mamas my own man has. Oh, please stop. But you want to be in everybody else's business. Goodbye. And like Carrie even said in her confessional, the fact that uh, Giselle is so worried about her relationship, what the hell's going on in your relationship? So, mm-hmm. perfection. Um, in true Giselle fashion, she did not just throw that shade at the tea party. But then did you catch the part where they were talking about Robin's hat business and she called it, <laughs> she's like, what's it called? Embezzled? <laughs> I was dead. I was fucking dead. And the best part is that Karen called her on and was like, I see you, Jizzy. I see you. Yeah, that was basically when Ray had his tax problems, like her free Ray shirt all over again. Giselle is the shadiest of the shadiest of she might be worse than Kenya on Atlanta. Oh. Ooh. I know. It's a, it's a toss-up where, like, I can't decide either because they're both shady bitches. Like, yeah. they're as messy as messy can be. It would be 50-50 for me. Ooh, I don't no, know. No, wait, can you imagine them on a franchise together, those two messy bitches? It would be the Candace um monique fight but like bloodier correct but not to like get at sidetracked did you see the trailer for real housewives of atlanta no i did not oh my god everybody needs to go and watch that i'm not even gonna say anything else but watch a trailer i believe it comes out on december 6th if i remember correctly 
that season's going to be hot and I am going to be sitting front row and center on my television ready to watch. But moving right along, let's let's stay focused on Potomac. But please go watch that, everybody. That trailer is the shit. Um, Enough of Potomac, Salt Lake City. That is that premiering in what? like in two minutes and I can't wait. I think the 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so, I'm so ready. So ready. First of all, TV sucks right now. Uh, thank God for Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Sling, all the above, because cable TV sucks right now. And I know it's a lot due to the pandemic, but yes, I cannot wait for Salt Lake City. And I, I want to see some it. swingers. I want to yes. see some polygamists. Yes. I want to see some Mormons. I'm yes. ready. Yes, girl. Yes. But like I said, go watch that Atlanta trailer because that shit looks like it's going to be the bomb. So going back to Potomac. So Giselle organizes this tea party because she's very concerned about Karen and her marriage to poor little Ray over there in the corner. But you know what I love about Karen? You know what I love about Karen? Karen, don't play. She right away, when Giselle came came to her with the drama of, well, Wendy said that you said blah, 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 which basically she was alluding to one thing, which Karen did say. Obviously, they played it back. But it was drunk talk. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever so karen just said straight up i soldiered up took care of my man moved right along but karen turned it right back around on their ass when she did the whole wendy impersonation and said first of all wendy said a b c and d about you and you number one and then she goes into the whole fact of uh when her and candace were having their one-on-one and miss wendy slithers down the stairs and of course (laughs) in true bravo fashion they are the shadiest of them all as they say online when they do the playbacks and they show you Wendy slithering down the stairs, I was fucking dead. Like, I literally was laughing out loud in my room. Uh, my husband was watching his Sunday night football. It was priceless. So that was that. Uh, Twitter was blowing up with the impersonation. I saw memes about poor little Wendy walking down the stairs all night oh, long. Oh, Wendy. And then we moved right along to Miss Ashley Darby. I actually felt bad during that scene because... She's basically blaming herself as to why her husband cheated, which is so sad because as women, we tend to do that. And instead of just saying he's a fucking POS, it's right. like, well, I had a baby. And well, the, and the, no, like, yeah. no. So hard to watch. It was, exactly. I don't even want to get too deep into that. It was sad, hard to watch. Would you say we saw what, 60 seconds of Monique this week? Uh, I don't remember seeing any. Yeah, it was probably a total of about 60 seconds of airtime. Thank God, uh, T'Challa, we got to see T'Challa for five seconds. If oh, that. praise be. Thank God, because I dearly miss T'Challa. So there's not much to say about poor little Monique. They've obviously given her the X card right now. I'm almost, do you think she's going to come back for another season? Are they um, going to invite her back for another season? I'm not sure for liability issues, but I do think the women are acting like complete bitches. Get over it. Like, uh, I don't uh, like the fact that they are all acting like they're better than like not not so much better but the fact that they never made a mistake like oh I'm gonna sling a knife around but I didn't stab you with it so like I've even seen online where people are like well it was a butter knife it doesn't matter a weapon is a weapon it's not even about that so much I can even get past that part is everybody makes mistakes she made a mistake she fucked up but like Everybody's just going to turn their back on her, so whatever. I could do damage with a butter knife if I'm angry, just saying. Thank you. 
Okay, now we move on to the scene where Giselle um, has Ashley Darby over, which was weird all to begin with because I don't think they're that close, but I think mm-hmm. that was like a setup scene, but whatever. Has she never seen a woman breastfeed? <laughs> I mean, like the drama of it all. Like, I don't even know why we gave that even any airtime. It was so pathetic. Like, she's fucking feeding her baby. Get over it. It's a titty. You have them. Your kids, you have three daughters. Like, get over mm-hmm. it. It's, so was, it's a titty. It was annoying. It was, I know it was filler for the show, but it was just like, nobody cares. But you know what I really want to say? What? I'm so happy for Robin. She has such good friends. That they all <laughs> came out for her photo shoot for her in, uh, what's actually her line called? Embellished. I'm not going to do her like Giselle did. Embellished for her little hat photo shoot. Because she yeah. got to Texas paid up, girl. Those types yeah. of situation. Uh, according to Giselle, she's embezzled money. So <laughs> I'm just happy for Robin that all her friends came through. And that was when Ashley Darby took the opportunity to say that they're going to Port- uh, Portugal on the girls' trip, which I can't wait to see. I'll be watching. But you know what annoyed me is when her and Giselle were talking and she's like, oh, maybe I'll invite Monique. Who the fuck made Giselle like the fucking... Um, president of the trip of who can and can't come and first of all i don't think monique would have gone anyways number one yeah and number two let's say monique did go and the rest of y'all did it actually probably would have had a better time anyways Just exactly Just it would probably ended up being karen monique and ashley and they would have had a bomb ass time which I've, with no I honestly, drama yeah i wish that they would have done that and just and, be like, oh, well, if you don't feel comfortable, like you're going to get your ass beat because, you know, Robin follows along with whatever Giselle does. And Candace oh, it's is gonna so obnoxious. Yeah. And I didn't so, even really mention Candace, but as we know, Candace just cried. I mean, I don't think there's a lot to be said there. She had her napkin ready. As you ever, I mean, it's been all over Twitter, so I'm sure you've noticed or at least read about it or seen a meme. Her napkin is perfectly always folded in a, in a triangle, ready to go. I, I did actually, oh, yeah. I did a shared post on our instagram this weekend because it's just perfectly triangle always ready to dab those tears it's obnoxious so that was potomac i loved it always will i'm excited for salt lake city i'm fucking hell of excited for atlanta i can tell oh i'm i'm pumped and you gotta watch that trailer girl i'm fucking pumped moving right along to keeping up with the kardashians i'm gonna skip over this week's episode because it was so lackluster and i want to talk about did you read or see or whatever it is that you do? Kendall turned 25 and she had a big birthday party. Um, a little bit on the Instagram that people were hating. She was Pamela Anderson, right? She was. She was a great uh, Pamela Anderson. So apparently it was her 25th birthday. It's actually her 25th birthday. It's actually today, matter of fact, Tuesday. But she had a party on Saturday, which was also Halloween. She hosted 100 of her friends. Um, it was at Harriet's Rooftop, Atop, One Hotel in West Hollywood. Uh, people like Justin Bieber, The Weeknd, who, by the way, outside of all the drama, he did have an epic uh, fucking Halloween costume. He was a nutty professor. And he hmm. had it like they did, obviously, like all the um, prosthetic work. It was amazing. Like he did a great job. So the weekend was there. Uh, Paris Hilton, Jaden Smith, and many more people attended. Um, but she got a lot of backlash. So as of October 9th, the California Department of Public Health announced that gatherings that include more than three households 
are prohibited. This includes everyone present, including hosts and guests. When it comes to gatherings outdoors, a gathering of no more than three households is permitted in a public park or other outdoor space, even if unrelated gatherings of other groups up to three households are also occurring in the same park or other outdoor space. So right away, people were tripping on, on um, social media that it was a complete violation. Apparently, they had COVID tests going on and things like that, but you know I go hard for the Kardashians. Like, you know, <laughs> I love them. But I'm sorry. Like, it's fucked up. It's fucked up on many levels. One, because they use their platform to influence a lot of good. Right. But then times like this where they are they are posting pictures and things like that, they say, oh, well, I'm living my life. And they didn't say that exactly, but that's kind of the message they're putting out there. But everything they do is considered an influence to somebody so that almost gives the 16-year-old who's like, well, I love Kylie and Kendall. They had a party. I'm going to have a party. And Yeah, I'm going to go to a party, and I'm not going to wear a mask, and I don't understand why I would have to follow these regulations if they're not doing it. I see your point. Correct. It's not my point. It's a point that many people made across Instagram, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. One of the fans wrote, okay, Kendall Jenner, blowing out the candles as a mask waiter holds her cake and or yeah, holds her cake and tries to move out of the way was actually the scariest thing I saw on Halloween. So if you haven't seen it, there's a photo that's gone viral of uh, Kendall Jenner where she's blowing out the candles on her cake and the waiter who's holding the cake literally like moves his head back while he's wearing his mask because he doesn't want her COVID breath on him, basically. Oh my God. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, come on people. Another person question, question how was she able to get so many COVID tests? Can someone explain how Kendall Jenner was able to get several hundred rapid results COVID tests for a party while normal people cannot get their tests for days and weeks sometimes? I understand that. And that's the part where like, yeah, I love them, but the message you're putting out there, I'm sorry, you're going to get this backlash. And this also goes after last week where Kim Kardashian had her 40th birthday party where she flew 40 of her closest friends to a private island and you know same thing they had quarantine and the COVID tests and the things but it just does not look good when the nation has gone through almost a year of quarantining and over 200 plus almost 240,000 lives have been lost due to this pandemic and you're literally airing on your show how deathly ill one of your own Khloe Kardashian was but then you're hosting this party of people with no mask, no disregard for the rest of the world. You know what I mean? There was even a photo I saw while I was doing the research, and I don't even know what the costume was supposed to be, but I saw the photo. It's viral. Jaden Smith, whatever he was, I have no idea, but he's wearing a oxygen mask um, as a part of his mask, which is it's an insult to people that are in the hospital dying with an oxygen, you know, can't even breathe you know what i mean so it's not good it was not good for them so that wraps up my celeb tea we have cut it very close so what else do we got before we got to go girl and i gotta get back to my election so chop it up oh yes chop 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 we have reviews yes queen <laughs> okay just to lighten the mood on this COVID talk this is a lined cat muscle from Amazon. A, line, a, a line, muzzle? This is a cat muzzle. Like, you, said you know muscle. How, I know what a muscle. I know what a muzzle is. You said no, muscle. I, I understand because I didn't even realize that muzzles for cats was a thing. 
So I don't even know how to pronounce it. Well, cats Think can be like ferocious. A, I'm not surprised. Well, this muzzle literally covers the entire cat's face. So someone posted a photo of their cat with this like bag on its head. Poor kitty. <laughs> and it said, five stars. Look no further. Good luck muzzling your enthusiasm. Here's the perfect accessory to stop your cat's annoying habit of opening its eyes and looking around. The mask even prevents the number two annoying habit of cats, the way they eat food and vocalize their emotions with their mouths. No thanks, please. This is a medium-sized mask that fits perfectly around my cat's fudge head. My cat fudges head. If only they made one for my ex-wife, too. Anyway, it's not like you don't need to have a cat. We need to call it animal abuse. <laughs> anyway, here's some pros and cons. Pros. No awkward moments when visitors enter and have to look in my cat's eyes. No awkward staring at me while I conduct important experiments. Okay. No cats silently judging my dance skills. Great weight loss tool for cats. Cons. Cat keeps bumping into valuable furniture and walls. Cat what an asshole. Cat doesn't seem to eat much out of the dish anymore. I'm not getting any feedback on my dancing. The mask would look better with flames painted on the side, like a race car theme. I'd recommend this, recommend this to all pet owners out there who love their cats, but just hate their faces. Bonus tip, this works just as well on raccoons, possums, and large rats, or any other cuddly creature of choice. Unfortunately, it does not work on ex-wives or neighbors. Uh. He's an asshole and he needs to go to prison. So we're going with the animal theme. Last one of the day. Mace brand bear pepper spray. I used this pepper spray when I got mauled by a bear back in 2010. I maced the bear with this product and needless to say, it didn't work. All it did was enrage the bear beyond belief and now I'm unemployed and I have to type with my mouth. I'm dead. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I'm dead. <laughs> and that's all, guys. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It was definitely a special one. Um, if you enjoyed it, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review. If you hated it, walk the fuck away. And we really mean that. Thanks again for listening. If you're not already following us, you can find us at Instagram. I'm sorry. You can find us on Instagram at girl underscore y underscore podcast and at Facebook and on clearly my vodka's kicked in <laughs> and on Facebook and Twitter at girl y podcast. Thanks again, guys. We hope you have a great week. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Um, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Stay uh, COVID free, healthy, and I hope you guys voted because right now I'm watching and it's a toss up. So we'll see. Toot, toot, beep, beep, bye. Bye, y'all.